get the best of both worlds, the fastest reflexes modern technology has to offer onboard computer-assisted memory and a lifetime of on-the-street law enforcement programming. It is my great pleasure to present to you Robocop. This guy is really good. He's not a guy, he's a machine. Old Detroit has a cancer. Cancer is crime. Let the woman go, you are under arrest. You, you better back up, pal! Your move, creep. Hey guys, it's Hype From Out of Heaven. Today we are talking about a favorite film of mine, which is rare. I don't have many of those. We have the usual block of lads. We have Kyle. Hello. There he is. Brandon. Yo. Sean from Prince as well. What we got? Oh, ho, ho. Oh, yeah, Back yeah. from your oh, excursion, yeah. Prince. How's it going? That's all good. Oh, yeah. yeah. Back to, uh, as you can see, I'm in my new place now. It's all back to Yeah, yeah I was going to yeah. say. It looks nice can you, from the can you see his small little image I can see. I can on the window ledge. Is he settled in now? Good, because obviously I know when they go to new places, it's a bit uh, daunting. Well, he's been he's an outdoor cat and an indoor outdoor cat, and I've I've had him here since the thirtieth of last month, and I've had him I haven't had him out just because I want to get him used to the inside place first. Yeah, and he's yeah. Same with people watching. <laughs> he hates me, but he is people watching. It's his first snow in this place as well, so it's all exciting. Yeah, Anyways, yeah I'll yeah, Thank you for so, having yeah. me, uh, mate. Good to have you back. Yeah, so, um, yeah, this one's kind of following on, because we did mention this in the last episode, didn't we, that we'd kind of be talking about a, a new, another Paul Verhoeven film, which is a favourite of Caleb's, which is no surprise, it is Robert Cop. Robert Cop, the furniture Robert of Cop. law enforcement. <laughs> what is your name, Murphy? No, it's Robocop. <laughs> well, yeah, it's so weird, because I, I, when I watched this, when I watched as a kid, which you definitely shouldn't watch this film as a kid, because it's violent as fuck. I didn't remember seeing all of it. It's one of those films I just saw lots of times, but individual bits. And I don't remember the last time I watched it in full. With a lot of these things, as a grown-up, uh, we sort of can, like, analyse stuff more and understand stuff more. Because as a kid, yeah, I think for sure. some other stuff we've done. It's just, like with Starship Troopers, we said it was literally just, ha, 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 big guns and aliens and, and Robocop, which is, yes, Robocop killing people, violent criminals. It is something that's kind of intrinsic with Paul Verhoeven movies. They are kind of, on the surface, goofy action movies, but then they, there is like a layer of subtext there with a hidden message. Like, I think Starship a- was all about the military-industrial complex, wasn't it? And then this one's like capitalism yeah. gone mad. Capitalism what complex. What I like about these movies, though, like there's a pattern, I suppose, Starship and then Little Recall. It's very, the way it's filmed, the sci-fi element of it, it's just taken to such an extreme or such a absurdity. It, it feels like an Elseworld story. Story. I mean, it is an Elseworlds story, really. Look, not, nothing like that would exist, or that sort of the the hyper sort of satire about the war, the war campaigning, the propaganda. It was in this and Starship Trooper, wasn't it? All the ads. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Elseworlds so bizarre. I think what's weird about them as well is that like this, like Robocop is a cyberpunk film, and it's sort of like there is all these ideas of what like super corporations, people owning all this sort of stuff. You're sort of watching it, and 30 years ago, it's sort of like a big deal, but then like 30 years later, it's, oh, this is this is slowly happening. Don't it's slowly becoming our reality here. It's like the you know the cyberpunk neo city fucking checklist, isn't it? It's like yeah. corrupt police force. Mega corporations have more power than governments. Owning everything. It's just fucking yeah. crazy. I think I put that in my initial like notes, like how. 
you know when the film starts the Trump the Star Wars program under Reagan which like you know 80s sort of stuff and then OCP who are like the fucking Omni consumer products that's what they are yeah that's the one yeah. oh they fund them we are the military <laughs> yeah like they they fund and run the police departments like a fucking PMC like a private military corporate like in Metal Gear Solid and it's just like that is no doubt when there are PMCs now like fighting in wars which were definitely were less of a thing I guess in the 80s but yeah do you not think I know this is slightly off topic do you not think Ronnie Cox was literally just copied and pasted from Total Recall you know the guy that plays Dick Jones the one that played Copenhagen come on Copenhagen you got what you want Give this people air. Yeah. It literally looks like they took him from one film. I know oh, Total Recall come yeah. out after this, but it literally yeah. looks like they literally copy and pasted him. Evil corporation bastard guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're quite good at playing that. Do you want to do it in another film? For those who have not seen the film, Caleb, do you want to run down the synopsis of what happens oh, yeah, to yeah, yeah. Alex J. Murphy? <laughs> in a violent near-apocalyptic Detroit, evil corporation Omni Consumer Products wins a contract from the city government to privatise the city's dwindling police force. Family-oriented street cop Alex Murphy, played by Peter Weller, is soon lured into an armed confrontation with a crime lord, Clarence Bodica, played by Curtis Smith, which ends in Murphy being killed in a gruesome fashion. By using the remains of his body, the sinister OTP revives Murphy as their untested solid prototype, Robocop. Programmed with three prime objectives so the public trust, protect the innocent, and uphold the law, Robocop executes a campaign against crime while coming to terms with his lingering fragments of his humanity. I think, I'm not sure it was ever established to be like, I guess it was, because like, on the wiki for it, there's a lot of stuff about the thematic analyses regarding like corporate power, masculinity, death, mm-hmm. authority, uh, all that sort of stuff. As we just said, other films, was it ever meant to be like a big analysis in this stuff? Or was it just like, <laughs> you know what, this would be some fun themes to throw in. Uh, one of the biggest films that kind of that happens with is Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. The amount of different theories as to what the messages are that kind of about a lot of people think it's about, you know, the complete annihilation of Native American Indians and stuff like that. There's loads of subtext. There's a documentary called Room 237, I think it is. But uh, that's worth a watch. But that's similar for Paul Verhoeven films. There are There is, like, a, like I said before, like a layer of subtext underneath the goofy, over-the-top action and gore and stuff like that that does try to drive home a kind of satirical view of a somewhat serious subject. In this case, corporations having way too much power. I mean, it's kind of like when you watch Robocop, at least in the first couple of sections of the film, like comedy consumer products, they have they make comments like, you know, oh, if we place prime candidates according to risk factor, and then when they actually kill him, he's like, he saw, he, he saw in the release forms when he joined the force, he's legally dead, we can do whatever we want with him. It's just kind of capitalism gone mad. He's on. What's the story? We were able to save the left arm. What? I thought we agreed on total body prosthesis. Now lose the arm, okay? Jesus, Morton. Can can you understand what I'm saying? It doesn't matter. We're going to blank his memory anyway. Well, I think we should lose the arm. What what do you think, Johnson? Well, he signed the release forms when he joined the force. He's legally dead. We can do pretty much what we want to. Lose the arm. Shut him down. Prep him for surgery. I put that in the... Funniest things uh, I saw on Reddit, just to close that off, was, you know, he goes to work, he dies, they bring him back from the dead, purely to make him go back to work again. It's like... Mm. Man I love what he says head. as well, you know, when uh, when his partner, oh, that lady who get pushed over because she makes a mistake of looking down at his dick. It's like, why would you, you do that? Zip this up and she's like, curiosity killed the cat, she it's looks like, down. Why, why would you? And like so that lady, when she when she first like um, squares up to the guy, the corporate guy, 
mm. and says, uh, you know, starts talking about Murphy. And he goes, he is just product, pure product. You know, like, like, yeah. that's what I mean. It's just it's, it's well, drumming home that idea that, you know, like, you know, corporations have got like more control than the governments have. You know, it's like kind of, I mean, it's a typical 80s trope in a way, isn't it? Board members trying to fuck each other over and, you know, as, all this stuff. As you but... said, though, the way they portrayed it is such a dystopia. I mean, the way that, you know, mm. it's like a night of the show, night of the round table, but corporate. But it's it's happening today. It's happening right now, but not in such a dystopian way. But I think it's that's what like, I realize, isn't it? I put for the meeting, like in one of the building, it's all like super 80s court business, and they're also on that big table. They said they're looking over the city. Uh, I think that, like, so they got their meeting talking about crime, and Ed 209 comes in, who looks really fucking good. We said before it's stop motion, and then it's definitely showing its age, but yeah, for the time, yeah, it yeah, looks good. For the time, it's fucking stupid, but then, like, as it malfunctions and like fucking shoots that guy, and then, like, like this guy's like, get a paramedic, get a paramedic. He's like, mate, the guy's just got shot by like fucking. <laughs> He's just been turned into fucking Swiss cheese. Yeah, What's going to happen? But they do that with Murphy as well. Yeah. When Murphy yeah, they... fucking gets killed, like, he literally gets his arm blown off. He gets about fucking 50 odd shots yeah. from shotguns oh, in his chest that. and then like, a bullet oh. through the head. Literally, you see the back of his head come off and it's like, quick, yeah. get a respirator. It's like, uh, what the fuck I is he going to do? A... There's a slight, there's a slight detail though, and I don't know if it's, if it was intentional or it's just bad acting, but you know when when she's like uh, kneeled down by Murphy to make sure he's okay, there's like a slight chest rise, so you can see he's still breathing. Yeah, but I, don't know, I don't know if that's intentional. That was just like really. Bad. I think it is. I think it is because when he's on the stretcher, when they're like trying to save his life before they pronounce like, him dead, he's, he's having people. like, yeah, but he's also having flashbacks, isn't he, of his son and his wife. Yeah. And kind of being pulled yeah. away from him and stuff. So I think the implication is there that he is still alive. I mean, it wouldn't make sense if he was like completely dead and they turned him into a robot, right? Because he's conscious yeah. throughout yeah. the whole surgery of him becoming Robocop. Mm. Um, but I, I totally agree. I think I think there's one thing that sticks out quite I think there's two sides to it for me. Like I love the I love the visceralness of like the gore. I think it's like really, really sick. But also, like, mm-hmm. it is over the top to an extent. Like, like you say, like with the first guy when they bring that like stock frame robot out to like shoot him off, and then when Murphy gets like his arm blown off, and then he gets shot, 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 shot like fifty times, and then he gets popped in the head, and he's obviously dead. But like because his chest moves a little bit, he's alive, and it's it's almost like over the top violence for the sake of over the top violence. Well, I mean, it's kind of where the term ultra violence comes from, isn't it? It's just Paul Verhoeven right, movies in a nutshell, man. You know, this like fucking that, um, Total Recall. Is it all the uh, green grid shit? Like, you know, like it's all 80s, like, beep, 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 but all the <laughs> yeah. green sort of going over, like, and then um, it's, like, it's prime directors. And notice as well, like, I mean, it's not really, it's a minor thing, but it says, like, um, Objective 4 classified, which, you know, you don't, when you're watching it, don't want it is, but watching it a second now, I'm like, oh shit, that's that. Prime Directive, was it Prime, was it number Prime four, Directive he 4, he can't arrest a, arrest an officer a of the OCP or superior officer yeah, yeah. of OCP or something. Um, and then he, he heads off out into the, the world. And I think, do you know, like when he goes in that shop and he like, like that, that guy shoot up the liquor store and then he, he throws him into the fridge and he's like, thank you for your cooperation. It's like, you didn't even arrest him. You just threw him into a fridge. Yeah, like, I was going to say, oh, bent his gun, embarrassed him, and then fucked him into a fridge. Yeah, it's like, it caused more property damage. I felt very bad for the store owners. <laughs> I can kind of relate because my dad's got shops. So like, bloody hell, yeah. if, that was, if that was my dad's shop and someone did that, like, my dad would be like, you've done, the cash would have been easier to give than to repair yeah, all of this. What are you doing here? Mm-hmm. You're not efficient at all. Has that ever happened to your dad's shop, Lord? Anyone ever tried to mug the place? 
Yeah, all the time. It happens all the time. It's more common than you Fucking think. Fucking hell, man. It's mad. I had, I had a guy mm. assault me in the shop once. I had to, he went to court. I got £100 out of it because he had to pay. Huh. Yeah, I was going to say, but fucking hell, man. It's just because self-defence laws in this country are crazy. It's like the polar opposite of Robocop in a way, isn't it? It's just... Brand, what Brandon was saying, it's so visceral. I, 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 yeah. I, every time I watch it, I think it doesn't um, uh, dilute it in any way. It's still, I think it's still horror-esque. Because even when he's Robocop and he's on the on that basement floor with all the police officers gunning him down, the lights, like even that's kind of horrific, even though, you know, he's not getting as badly hurt as if he was, you know, human flesh, but still pretty bad the way just... I agree with you there, no, there, there are definitely links to horror. I mean, for a start, it's, it's, it's kind of got David Cronenberg as well written all over it. It's body horror, isn't it? <laughs> it's just kind of like the worst things you could imagine happening to your own kind of flesh and blood and stuff like that. But then older kind of connections as well. Like, I mean, one of the big draws I took from it is like how similar Robocop's story is actually to Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. The, the one bit that really drilled it home, no pun intended, was the bit when he was drilling the bolts out of his head to take his helmet off, you yeah. know, and they try and kill him. But if you look at it, he is, he's like a monstrous creation way. that's basically been kind of forced into the world, struggling to find his own identity. He's been branded an outcast and he's the only one of his kind. It's literally Frankenstein all over. Yeah, and now says a Frankenstein literally says it in the wiki. Man's got to go to work. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I said that before. That was like one of yeah, the funny yeah. things I read on Reddit. It's like they kill him, bring yeah. him back, and then make him go back to work. It's like they, they kill him on his first day at this place. <laughs> like, it's like you didn't get like you know slave to the grind, literally. Then it goes on. It goes back to like the Delta City, and they're talking about labor problems. How they're going to get all this cheap labor in, disregarding mm. the workers. And again, it's that cyberpunky sort of like thing. And then I love they got the executive suite where they got executive urinals with these fucking like screens of them while they piss and then it's just really fucking weird um but yeah i mean again that's for hoven again isn't it it's all the little details in his films that kind yeah. of make them the complete thing you know yeah. one of my favorite things was definitely the fucking gang themselves i know they were complete bastards but they were also quite charismatic as well yes. like Clarence is great. Clarence Bodiker was fucking brilliant. There's a little like a uh, nasty side to them, isn't there? Like there's the whole like I mean, even the way they kill Murphy, like even though it's a bit over the top, there's there's like a there's like a layer of like sinisterism oh, yeah, like, there, like and like they're they're enjoying it. Like there's yeah. it's more than just like petty crime. It's like yeah, treated like an allegory for the hate and the the dirt that all this corporate sort of festers or you know grows when you've got such big corporations getting away with so much and you know have so much under their control. You've got these petty criminals, or really, I don't know what they rep. I suppose they represent more than just the criminals and the, that sort of bubble of cynicism that comes from them and the yeah. sort of vile, sort of indifferent nature when it when it comes to. You know, the violence is, is so, it's almost unreal in the sense of like, you can't yeah, of course. criminals do that. It's like, this is really, who would like this way? Who would do this and be like, yeah, man, this is normal, sane people behavior. I don't know if this is just the acting of the main guy who played Murphy, but when he was like, you know, he was all quite confident with him, like, you know, with his gun flipping and shit, like early on. And then as soon as they get into the, as soon as he gets into the warehouse and like they surround him right, and he's on the ground, he looks scared. Like, mm -hmm. I, I genuinely got a sense of fear from him, like, whereas, obviously, when he's Robocop, he's just like, uphold the law, you know, like, quite yeah. robotic, as he would be, because he's Robocop. Well, literally, yeah, I was going to say, but yeah. I think a testament to the acting is a big point there to make, because, like, going back to the main villain, Clarence Bodiker, played by Kurtwood Smith, it's just totally weird seeing him in, like, such an antagonistic role. 
I mean, he is known for kind of playing antagonists. Again, he's another Mark Lyon side. Kind of like a big one for me is like one of my favourite shows growing up was that 70s show. Like, cause he plays the dad in that, Red Foreman. And he's a bit like your, he's a bit of a stickler for being like the proto boomer, you know, he was in the Korean War, all this and whatnot. And then I always just cracked up with this film. I always used to say, this is Red Foreman's origin story. This is why he was <laughs> such a bastard. I was just going to say, like, for me, I think that is, like, also one of one of the areas where I think the film is a little bit full short. Sorry, like, it's all quite convenient. Like, you know, the gang that shot up Murphy are the gang that are in bed with, like, the head of this, like, cyber company creating robots, yeah. trying to, like, have law and order. You know, he's, like, proper in bed with them. It's all quite convenient. I say convenient and lazy, like, probably not necessarily like that, but it does kind of give off that vibe. It's like, oh, well, Robocop has started to remember and that all kind of like is cool and it makes sense because he's still got a human side, like he's got a brain. He's, I think that's actually maybe one thing that, that and this might sound controversial, but technology wise and, and obviously like innovations with us with, with special effects, I think maybe the remake does slightly better than the original is that you actually see that Robocop is more of a, a human robot hybrid. Whereas in this, I just felt like he's a robot with like Murphy's like skin face. Building on what Brandon just said, though, what did you three think of that choice they made? You know, the, the, the scene after, as you said, when Murphy takes out those giant screws from his head and takes off his visor and the rest of the movie is just him or the last you know part of the movie, the climax, is just him without the visor. So you see this like almost fakish face on top of this yeah. body. How did you feel about that? I don't know if that added to the, the horror element of it or just the grotesque. I think it, it did. No, I think oh, it's more like it, not necessarily horror, just more kind of revealing because he does he does warn Lewis like you might not like what you see, mm. and like he kind of takes that mask off. But I kind of think that's kind of accumulation of all the points that she's been trying to make to him throughout the film that he is still Murphy. He's not RoboCop. He's yeah. not a product. He's still a cop. And I think him taking his mask off and leaving it off is him kind of acknowledging that. Because his interactions with Lewis following that are kind of a lot more human. He's showing genuine concern for her well-being when she gets shot. That That's another thing. Like, what the fuck happens to Lewis? She just, like, uh, the last thing you ever see of her is she literally, she's fucking bleeding out in the water. I think she's in that tower, I'm, isn't it? I'm, just, I'm pretty certain she's in the sequels. They'll fix you, they'll fix me, something like that. Yeah, I'm a, yeah, yeah. I'm a bit of a side tangent, but we did sort of land on this, I think, earlier with the whole, like, you know, the subtext of, like, capitalism and... I think, you know, like, and how it's, like, kind of the way the world's going now. I think it's very it's very topical, right? This whole idea of, like, um, automation in the workplace. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. obviously within the context of this movie, it's the police force and having a 24-7 police, blah, 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 wandering around. But just think about, like, the emergence of AI, like, in the work. Man, it's... it's I didn't realise this, but, like, Amazon as a company, they use AI to track performance. So, like, if you oh, don't yeah. mean like, it's actually, like, ridiculous and it's quite scary, actually, that, like, you know, we're in the alpha phase of all this technology and it all just, it's, it's also just, like, the juxtaposition as well. Like, movies from this generation, they, they assumed all tech things would get bigger and, like, really kind of, like, massive. Whereas, like, I think almost it's the opposite, right? Like, they say, like, there's more power in your smartphone now than there was in, like, the lunar landing that, like, I can't remember. Yeah, what yeah, follow, the, like, the computer, yeah, yeah. I know what you but mean. It, but even that, you know, like, just... <laughs> It's just insane. Like it's like not so like big. It's more micro. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I think again, it's just a kind of credit to this film and its ability to kind of portray that kind of thought process forward. Even though it's, I mean, when did it come out now? Nineteen eighty-seven. Yeah. Yeah. So it's coming up to forty years. Back onto the plot, I guess. When he starts to malfunction and he starts like to like jitter around, I always thought that was 
fucking hilarious. And like the way he walks as well, like he'll turn his head first, then his body, he'll have his arm movements fall over, and he's just got the stupidest fucking face. And like, there's no other way they could have done that. Uh, the new interpretation of Robocop, like the recent movie, but five, seven years ago. Never saw it. Yeah, like, yeah you... I don't think I've seen it either. As remakes go, it's not terrible, but it's just like it's it's just a carbon copy of the first film. Like, there's nothing really that special about. But as I say, like I'm pretty certain from what I remember, the the when they're building Robocop, you see Murphy's body's fucked, right? It looks more like a, a hybrid robot that's been like augmented with technology, as opposed to my face has just been stretched over a robotic body. <laughs> Like, um, it definitely adds to that horror element, I think, Kyle, that you were talking about. The kind of yeah, like, yeah, the Cronenbergian body horror. I forgot what sort of he starts doing malfunctions and then he goes to like the record lab, puts his USB spike in and finds his name and sees that he's dead. And I think what I like about the film, we're gone when he takes his mask off later on, you do slowly see him go from just being like a thank you for your cooperation to he actually starts to change and how he does things and how he responds to yeah, things. Yeah, for sure. But then it's just like, that that's who I am. And then he goes on like a bit of a vendetta to find out who he is. But it's as Brandon said, though, have fun at who he is and his thing does tie conveniently into the general plot overall. Yeah. Um, and he ends up going to that nightclub <clears> and all of that nightclub scene. Always fucking lot. I don't know why, because it's just like, that when he tracks the guy out by his hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's the music, the fashion, the way people are dancing, the way, like, it's just so weird and 80s. It is literally fucking just 2077, that scene is. Yeah. I feel, like, I feel like the whole film could have been ended. Like, I mean, if you, you know, in terms of the plot, I feel like I've just had this reflection, to be fair. But just, like, when he catches all the guys, right? He catches all the baddies, even, yeah. like, way before the end credits. Um, and he's obviously got all those recordings, like, and he drops like the main antagonist or like the secondary antagonist to like you know the main corporate geezer, drops him off at the police station, or he's a cop killer, and he's got all this evidence that he could just like give to them by plugging his little fucking spork finger into the conveniently a middle finger as well. I noticed, um, you know, and he, he just sticks it out. Who is like, it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, it's like he could he could literally end it there. Like he could give them the evidence, and then the regular cops could literally just like storm this building and fucking sort shit out you know what i mean i'm not saying well, obviously there wouldn't be much of a movie if that happened but you know convenience wise well um, yeah this, this is this is an interesting tangent now and this is a this is a conversation that me and caleb had last night the the version that i got you guys was a rip of the blu-ray port that come out a few years I ago i think know that yet. i don't i can't say for certain if you've got the non-violent cuts but i think it might be because there is a director's cut and i'm pretty sure because i watched it on prime because i've got amazon i've got I, I bought the movie a couple of years ago on amazon prime so i just watched it on there to save sticking it on a usb stick but there was a the very moment where he kills clarence bodica with his usb spike he kind of sticks it in his throat and then fucking pulls it out and then you see blood shoot everywhere and then clarence bodica's bleeding out do you remember seeing that because you watched it this morning that Brandon? Happen. That yeah yeah happen. i do yeah i felt there was more in what i remember yeah, maybe, child. maybe, to be fair. I'm not yeah. sure of the differences between the two, to be honest, you know. When guy, we do um, these, I always try to aim for the theatrical versions of it just because it's kind yeah. of what would have been at the time. But yeah. What I know as well, like, do you know when you go, when the villain guy goes to the like corporate guy's house where he's got the two models there with all the cocaine? It's mm-hmm. when, um, when he goes and puts the disc oh. into his big CD player. And I thought of the, um, what's that line from American Psycho was talking about, like, fucking, what's that, Hugh Lewis in the news and he points yeah. at the stereo. <laughs> Literally thought of that. This was their greatest album up until '99. <laughs> yeah. I, I just really wanted that slice in. Yeah. But yeah, but it's it's what as Brandon just said, like what sort of annoyed me in a way about the the film is that when the main like crime villain 
it like starts telling him like, I work for OCP, like they have me on my payroll, you can't arrest me. And then he arrests him. And then the main CEO guy's like, you spilt your guts to him. Everything he's recorded said as evidence, you fucking idiot. He's just and he does yeah. the exact same thing 20 minutes later. He's like, mm. oh, I have to kill this guy. Like, you literally told your subordinate off earlier for doing this. Now you're doing the exact same thing. It's fucking stupid, but I mean, as I said, it's just how the, how the plot goes all in. I think it's also just I think it's atypical of the time, right? Like the good guy wins over in the end, and and all the kind of convenient like plot points, and and you know even just like even down to like the cheesy one-liners that, that he, he throws out there. The one that, the one bit that did crack me up though, and like not in like a sort of like bad way, but you know when he's like saving, it's the whole bit with the rape scene where like the guy is like trying to rape the girl, and then he like he's like, what, what you you got it gone? What's the line? Your yeah. move, creep. That's the one, yeah. But he shoots him in the willy, and then the woman's like, "Oh, thank you so much for saving my life." And he's like, "Madam, you have experienced some trauma. I will make a referral to some rape services for you." <laughs> it's like fucking out, fluffy, empathetic RoboCop. Before yeah. the empathetic RoboCop turn, you know, he's supposed to be a, it a, you know, a more of a thing. Now, I remember, like, it's works got thing as well. Like, when he's trying to arrest the main guy, and he starts glitching out. The guy literally says to him, "You're our product." Refers to him as a product again. Yeah. And then um, he, when he's escaping the building, he's getting shot the fuck out of while well, the like the big cops. And I felt a bit tied into when he took some out of early. You, it has like a zoom in on his eye, like you see like fear. He's like masks like get shattered, and you can see his eye. And it's like there's a person in there. That's an yeah. actual fucking person. Actually, and it, I think at that point it's more like it, again it's exposing more and more humanity on him. And then yeah, it's Ronnie just, Cox then it's... though, man, that scene was fucking brilliant. You know, and he's just there and he's like. Oh yes, Prime Directive Four. Yes, you can't touch me, and it's all like this and that. Yeah, I feel like, like they could have. <laughs> I feel like they could have elaborated on that a little bit more, though, in it, like because he uses the Directive Four command, and Robocop starts like spazzing out, and like you think, oh well, maybe this is the end of Robocop. But then, you know, like, maybe, I don't know, like, where he was unscrewing his head, maybe that's a scene where, like, he could have figured out, like, oh, well, actually, I can remove this directive, and therefore, I can't, I can then... He never could remove it, because that, that's what yeah, the ending is about. Yeah, it. it's well, kind of part of his mainframe, and it? The only mm, way they yeah. were able to get out of it is when, like, like Prince said, when the old man, or the old geezer, you never actually find out his name, they literally just refer, hey, the old geezer, you know? The old man, yeah. Um, He oh, just yeah. goes, Dick, you're fired! And he goes, thank you. Blah, 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 thank blah, you, you know? <laughs> Punch away. No, but I remember like the like, the final fight scene at the ruins. Like I didn't put like he's more talkative now. Like he's he's less robot, more human. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's what I was saying earlier. Yeah. General effects overall. Um, but then during the main fight, the scene I always remember this shit. I always thought it's fucking hilarious as well when the villain guy drives the toxic waste. Yeah, like, oh, Emil Antonowski. Oh yeah. yeah, he just becomes somewhat <laughs> goblin. <laughs> like so grim like holy shit like yeah but like damn. even when the fucking even when clarence fucking like rides right through him and he just fucking explodes into a big pile of toxic bloody gloop man it's fucking brilliant so honestly that's what i love about this film man it's just like the over-the-top effects you know like i was saying before you man my boy rob bertine picking him up again but yeah the special effects in this and kind of a lot of the other films he's done are crazy good man something you don't see okay. anymore no, when I'm, I don't know the guy is like one, one of the crime guys drops um all the the scrap and um, Robocop and he sort of gets stuck and then immediately gets fucking shot while the explosive sniper thing. By, those um... fucking rifles look fun, man. I'm not gonna lie. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> also, I've got no, really. those cars. Yeah. Oh, Fifty-caliber grenade launchers, man. Yeah, it's yeah like... that's what it was. It's supposed to be a bullet. Yeah, it just like... explodes everything. Do you know what I don't get though? Like, even though they've got like massive areas of effect, and I know it's probably plot armor, but considering Robocop moves so fucking slow. And they all had one of those guns with a big high precision scope and not oh, one miss. of them were able to fucking hit him. It's like, what the fuck are they doing? 
Oh, no one shoots Robocop in the face. You think, okay, you know what? I'm going to shoot the bit with the skin. No, I'm not going to shoot the arm bit. I'm going to shoot the skin bit. But yeah, no one exactly. Does that. Yeah. That's why I but thought I was it was about... a tactical miserror as well for him to remove it before he goes to battle again. Like the only part of it that's you know it's sensitive and he's going to make expose more of it. It's great you've got your personality back, but at least be more smart about yeah, it. Yeah, you know, put your fucking helmet back on, you silly prick. You know, um, and he throws that piece of metal to like distract them. And immediately goes looking for me. It's like, you had the drop on them, and I just lost it. What, why did you shoot? It's looking for me again, though. That's it's just it's just the it's the it's the time, isn't it, of the movie? Like it wouldn't be it wouldn't be the movie it is without the kind of like the cringe one liners. Yeah, it would not be a cringy action eighties movie without the one liners, man. One of the best ones was fucking going back to Ronnie Cox again, Dick Jones, the main evil fella. Like very start of the film, he's like, you know, when they're on about how OCP kind of is taking over the Detroit Police Department. And he goes, mm. If you can't handle the heat, stay out of the kitchen. Police union leaders blame Omni Consumer Products, OCP, the firm which recently entered into a contract with the city to fund and run the Detroit Metropolitan Police Department. Dick Jones, Division President, OCP. Every policeman knows when he joins the force that there are certain inherent risks that come with the territory. Ask any cop, he'll tell you. If you can't stand the heat, you better stay out of the kitchen. Although seriously wounded, officer... <laughs> <laughs> Even ends on a one liner, isn't it? Because I forgot yeah. how how uh, abrupt the endings are for these or for the movies with the generations. That's my, one of my favorite things about it. Says to something to Robocop. Robocop, Robocop says his one line. I can't remember what he said. Now he just walks away into black. Yeah, it says um, his name in it, and then that's it. Fight to oh, yeah, Robocop like, credits. The entire you know? ending scene, like he goes in and is like he sort of explains the situation, and then he shows the evidence, and then he's like the guy takes him harshly, nudges him, and he's like like. He goes like, Robocop, you're... F- no, not Robocop. You're fired. Thank you, sir. And he shoots the guy, falls off the building with his really long, dangly arms. Um, yeah, I what mean, the yeah. fuck was that about, man? Oh, that I'm was the scariest bit of the <laughs> film for me, man. It's like, <laughs> he turned into a character from Bo Selector. It's just like with really oh. long fucking arms. It's like... But then um, he goes like, that's, oh, that's nice shooting, son. What's your name? Yeah. He goes no, like, nice that's, shooting. Uh, you made goes, this point last sir. episode, didn't you? About Neon City, do you remember we were going on about the ending? I think he used Robocop as an example about how to do a quick ending right. Yeah, it's pretty much you've, you've tied up all the... You've got all the exposition there. All of it's kind of accumulated into that last five minutes. And it doesn't need to have an overlong ending. No, and that's what films fucking piss that's off. That's where Neon fucking days. City fell short. You know, like, I think me and Brandon were saying that the other day. Like, in kind of reflection. That, if that film was... It, it, it still would have been terrible. But if it was a bit longer... <laughs> And a bit more drawn out in certain areas with a bit more exposition. It would have been stronger for it, you know? But, uh, yeah, yeah I digress just, anyway, you know? But um, He gets just yeah, fucking thing helps him. So it's like two times now. <laughs> thing gets him, oh, nice shooting, son. What's your name? Looks at him, Murphy, sir. And then it goes, <laughs> Robocop. And then it finishes. Um, and what's quite, I think on YouTube, the entire ending clip is on there. It's like two minutes, two and a half minutes. And yeah. if you were that clip today, you'd have an entire, like, fucking five and exposition from the villain. And then, like, Five minutes aftermath and ten minutes talking about epilogue and then what they're doing now, like some ending scene where Robocop's in the office where they're slapping jokes at each other. And it's just fucking not needed. And Robocop just ends and it's just fucking gold. I like, don't know yeah. I would have preferred like a five minute post credit scene with Anne just showing us how she you know how she get can handle the heat in the <laughs> kitchen, you know? That would have been great. I think one of the biggest things that we do need to mention about this film is a lot of the background kind of going back to like Paul Verhoeven's directorial style. It's just all of the adverts that we saw in the film as well, yeah. like Nuke, like Prince mentioned earlier, Nukem. 
where oh. it's like the Cold War family board game. It's like it's not something out of Fallout, you know. Red alert! Red alert! Red alert! You crossed my line of death. You haven't dismantled your MX stockpile. Pakistan is threatening my border. That's it, Buster. No more military aid. Nuke them. Get them before they get you. Another quality home game from Butler Brothers. It but, reminded um, me of um. It actually had me in mind of like you know Starship Battle Troopers when they had all the propaganda news. Yeah, Starship yeah, Battle yeah, yeah. News clips. Yeah, I was gonna say which one's that? Starship Battle Troopers. Starship Troopers, yeah. Oh, Starship Battle Troopers, yeah. yeah apologies. Yeah, <laughs> so good, so good. Well, and it was. Hoven, there. Obviously, went on to do that, and I think it's like more critiques of. And let's make jokes. I mean, I put there's just lots of like random. I love like the insert these like random events that like may or may not happen, like hypothetical. Like, oh, I think they mentioned about some like war, like in like some civil war in South America or something, or just like random things that very plausible could be going on at the time or would be going on. Is Robocop set in like 87 or is it set like... Yeah, in, like, I think it is meant to be of the time. Yeah, yeah, just an alternate time frame. I forgot Ricky yeah. was in this film as well. Like, you what? know, the bit when they're interviewing people like not long after Robocop's done. Oh, yeah, that yeah, guy and he's just like... He's <laughs> always like, yeah, hey, man, yeah, it's rule of the jungle, man. <laughs> you know, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. It's <laughs> a free society. Except there ain't nothing free, because there's no guarantees, you know? <laughs> You're on your own. There's <laughs> a lot of jungle. <laughs> and he just but, says, unemployed yeah, like, person. <laughs> I just, I fucking, like, yeah, overall, I just think the film's fucking great. Like, um, yeah. and I got to understand things a bit more regarding, like, all the different themes about it. Like, I think someone might go a bit too much into it, because um, overall, like, it is just a guy who is a robot who, um... Yeah, the premise really is good. very simple for the film, but like you know, overall, I, saw, um, I just think as well this... you have those those fucking like, like you keep seeing like there's absolutely zero context to it, but like everyone seems to be watching it and pissing themselves laughing at it. You know that guy with the glasses and the mustache throughout the film, and he's just like, "I'd buy that for a dollar." I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> I'd buy that for a dollar. Like, there was a... I mean, Terminator's brought up a lot in this article, no doubt. But they sort of yeah. brought up that while Terminator was essentially, like, a robot that looked like a man. Um, or, like, how to word this? Like, Terminator at heart was just, like, a fucking robot. But Murphy is more, like, he's a human with robot bits. It's more the opposite way around. Like, he's not just this random fucking stoic, like, nothing. He He is a person with personality. And I think... At the time, we mentioned before about how um, it's not exclusively this, but in the 80s especially, a lot of heroes are just very one-dimensional. One they were just like... I mean, in T2, they obviously... I mean, that was later on anyway. They obviously changed it up, but a lot of heroes are just gun, masculine, shooty men. Or Murphy was a rare one. We're like, oh, okay, this guy's got an entire shit going on with him. Like, there's... He's got feelings. He's got yeah. humanity. Which, for a robot... He's more human than us all along. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, like, it's kind of one of the only films where Peter Weller or Paul Weller... No, it's not Paul Weller. Paul Weller's the jam. I always get them two mixed up. ...the right thing to do. And initially, we were very, very happy with our new home. Until we realised our new neighbour was Paul Weller. I'm going to bring that in and everything. Yeah. It's a bit of jam, this, actually. It's Oi! Stop going on about the jam! It's fucking over! Peter Weller... <laughs> 
put Peter Weller like it's one of the only few instances where it's like, you know, oh, he's very robotic in this film. And I was like, well, yes, that's the whole fucking point. If you've not <laughs> been paying attention, it's like... <laughs> if, if I could like liken it to anything in like the last sort of like, maybe like 10 to 15 years of film, like particularly, particularly Terminator. I know there's been lots of botched jobs. Um, but if you think about like Terminator Salvation, for anyone that's watched it, um, the main, the, I know it's, I know it's not a great film. Like, I really wish that was a better film because I think the premise and the concept of all the subsequent sequels, that's probably got the best concept. You know, a, a film set in actually in the apocalypse rather than like Terminators going back in time. Yeah, but the main fellow, he's like meant to be like a, a a hybrid Terminator. You know, he's like a, he's like still got his consciousness and his memories and his feelings and emotions towards, you know, everything that happened before. Whereas obviously a, a regular Terminator is just like it's just a robot in it, and I think that's maybe a comparison you could make for Robocop. A problem with like like sort of allowing that is that a problem they had. I don't remember Robocop two so well. I remember that no. they get the, the bad guy from this film and turn him into Robocop and he's fueled on drugs. Um, but in that they essentially just reset him in a way like he's got his humanity back, and then I can't what happens. I think he gets fucked up or something, and yeah. then he sort of gets reset, and while he still is. It sort of just, dis- dis- I don't know, takes away the fact that this man has sort of like essentially rebuilt himself mentally. And oh, let- let's just reset. Let's just, let's just, him. but they give him like a chromed blue, which is pretty nice. Yeah, um, it's, it's like more 80s than 80s if they could try it. Yeah. You know? Kind of leading us into the next section, what we normally discuss with this stuff. There's a bit of, you never guess who was actually in the running to play Murphy originally. Oh, and it kind of ties back to the previous episode. What, fucking Michael Ironside? Yeah. You would not think it, you know, know. it's it's, it's a fucking weird one, but like, but I think, I I definitely think there are some notable people in this film. I mean, Ronnie Cox is obviously of Paul Verhoeven fame. If you've ever seen a Paul Verhoeven movie, you know who Ronnie Cox is. The score was done by Basil Puldaris. Yeah, same guy who did Starship Troopers and I think Flesh and Blood as well. But um, he's known to work with um, Verhoeven quite a bit. Uh, Kurtwood Smith, Clarence Bodica, obviously, you know. That 70s show fame. Um, I'm just trying to think now, like, you know, there are... Well, it's say... you music, because you're not keep saying Robert Cop. Mm. So um, it's presenting me off tangent. Do you know the Windows XP destruction video? Yes, I do, yeah. Vine Source Joel, um, he has a band called... Uh, he's got two bands, his main band, and then Varg Skeletor, uh, and he made a song called Robert Cop, uh, and the Almar is one of those fake, like, weird, super bootleg models. And it says Rob. It's, it's even in the Robocop font. It says Robert Cop, uh, the furniture of law enforcement. I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> There's a pretty good song. It's like they're like the Robocop theme in like a synth. And it's just fantastic. Man, let's get on Laserdisc. They'd be good <clears throat> to get on Laserdisc. Yeah, I'm just looking at the cast here now. Um, obviously, Peter Weller. Uh, I think the only thing I've ever actually, other than this, I mean, I'd have to really sit and think about it. The only other thing I think I've seen him in is Sons of Anarchy. Um, well, well, I know yeah, he, was in a... he plays a corrupt cop in Sons of Anarchy. I don't know if that's a nod to his uh, position in Robocop, yeah. maybe. But um... well, I thought well, the guy who plays is this the guy who plays Alex Murphy? Yeah, Peter Weller, not right. Paul Weller. Boys, stop going on about the gem. Fucking over. According to well, again, I mean Wikipedia is Wikipedia, right? So take a pinch of salt. But according to Wikipedia, um. The director of the movie favoured Arnold Schwarzenegger initially <laughs> no. because of the success of The Terminator. Upon reflection, the reason they didn't pursue Arnold Schwarzenegger or someone of similar stature, they believed him to be too imposing in the Robocop costume. 
Yeah. Yeah. Which actually also, I think is it, pretty it's pretty cool, isn't it? Like actually, because yeah. the guy I, mean, plays would, him. I think Arnold Schwarzenegger's robotic enough that he would have played him pretty well, to be fair. <laughs> but as a but as a yeah, believable cop that got Yeah, I suppose, yeah, in that respect, you know. Another Terminator anyways, if it was Arnold in it. So I think it's good that they got Peter Weller. Yeah. It's also yeah, that like sure. when Lucy like Terminator do anything, like I think what Robocop sells so well, in fact it's Robocop, is that like when you watch Terminator, Terminator walks down just like a like a guy. Like, he has, like, some, like, weird, like, bits, but he doesn't walk and emote or lack of emote as Robocop does. Like, when Robocop walks, he does move his arms, he does, like, turn his body, then his head, the way he talks. I mean, obviously, Arnie talks where he does his Terminator, but it's not the same. Robocop is a very distinct way he does things. Arnie could have done, I'm not saying Arnie couldn't have done that. He feels more like a, a robot, doesn't he? Yeah, I don't think he can do emotions though. That's the thing. I don't know if it's a controversial thing to say or not. Arnold can't act. He's a great action. I was going to bring this up. I was going to bring this up. He can't act. I think I'm not saying he can't act at all. I'm not saying he can act well. That's what I'm saying. I think he's, he's he's a great action hero. And for that, you don't need like Oscar level acting chops, which I think he never was. He never claimed to be this. You know this Oscar-winning actor, and I don't want it to be make it about Arnold because it's more about Peter Weller here. Uh, <laughs> but I think that's why I think Peter Weller works well here. He can he does a good enough job that the emotions that he brings to the second half of the movie are believable. Like I said, as Brandon said before, uh, when he's scared and those guys are about to shoot the living crap out of him, you feel scared with him because he does such a great job. But I think if that was someone like Arnold, you know, again, no shame. I'm great. I grew up with Arnold movie, so I have the utmost respect. But I think he wouldn't have worked in that role. I don't think I would have believed. It would have just become across as goofy and we should take it away from that moment. I think that's why Peter Weller is, is a good choice. It's a good choice for that. Because yeah. I don't think he would have been able to convey it to the, to the point I made earlier about, like, you know, when Murphy is, like, about to be murked off by this gang, this, like, sinister gang. Like, yeah. I got I got a real vibe from, like, the way his facial expressions and body language that he was fucking scared. Whereas, like, Arnie would be like, I'm going to kill all of you. <laughs> yeah, Arnie's also... You know I mean? he'd, he'd find some way to, like, he'd find some way to get out of the situation, like... Yeah. Don't open that door, there's a bum in there. <laughs> it just wouldn't be... And where are you? <laughs> They're gonna build... you! They're going to build... Sorry, Caleb, okay, um, you go, mate. Robocop... Well, it's already built, man. There's a picture of it on Wiki. There's a Robocop statue, the one I build in Detroit. Um, I think it's built already. They're just finding somewhere to put it, and they have a good opening ceremony, and Paul Wells is going to be there. Um, Kyle, you got me confused now. Fucking, fucking Peter Weller is going to be there. Paul Weller could be there. Paul Weller. Peter gonna be there. Boy! Yeah, uh, it's going to be yeah. there. And then I have like a showing of Robocop. And it's just like, but I've heard it's also like a bad thing because it's like, don't spend thousands of, only thousands, don't spend a lot of money building a statue of like Robocop for Detroit because that's just a waste of money. And that's all be what uh, the film could be I don't about. Know. I don't know. I think it's quite I'm, cool though. You know? It's... Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, God. It's like, you know, building a giant gold penis in the city it looked great but overall pretty pointless yeah I think the art was like mega corporations have money and spending their money on fruitless shit when the money could be better spent I'm just reading over the trivia here now some of the points they're making on IMDB the special effects apparently well sticking with the theme of everything all the special effects for this film were generated with a Commodore Amiga computer am I thinking of no I'm thinking of a different one thing of the um... you know and then, h- hilariously, I, I this is fucking absolutely wild. Like, Kurtwood Smith, the guy who plays Clarence Bodica, originally auditioned for the role of Dick Jones, the one played by uh, Ronnie Cox. 
And when he learned, when he first learned that he had been cast, he thought he was in the role he had gotten. Not until later he found that he'd be playing Clarence Bodica. Later still, he discovered the reason. Being Dutch, director Paul Verhoeven had grown up near the Holocaust and uh-huh. thought that with That's Kurtwood Smith weird. wearing glasses, Smith resembled Heinrich Himmler. Smith apparently agreed <laughs> with the idea, stating that a bigger, more menacing yeah, villain right. would come across as someone who could be merely outsmarted, while he thought his character's glasses made him look smarter and therefore more of a threat. That's fucking wild. Oh, yeah, you're not, you're not getting that role because you look like Heinrich Himmler. Fucking hell. That's strange. That's I mean, insane. Like, I've said this one before, but um, I feel like, sadly only Prince would get this reference because um, it's on Always Sunny when uh, Charlie and Mac go missing. Uh, they fake their own death and then they mm. leave their like, um, demands. And then the letter says, um, D says, yeah, we also have to name our firstborn child Murphy because that was Robocop's name. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, just reading here apparently the Robocop suit was the most expensive item on, on the set while the price range varies the producers indicated that they spent anywhere between US dollars 500,000 to 1 million on the suit it's fucking wild Brandon says he has to go by the way I'm going to uh, shoot alright uh, no worries see you soon bro been good fun take care right. before you go yeah. what, what would you give Robocop out of 10 I think you know what like I feel like I'm very overly generous whenever I review shit but um I'd probably give it a, a strong I feel like I'd give it a strong 7 or 8 because I think it's maybe that's too generous maybe I'll go somewhere like 7.5 All right oh. 7.5 we'll we'll keep that for the end we'll see oh, you in yeah, a bit yeah. Later Brandon Okay see you later Apparently origi- originally as well Clarence Bodica was the lone villain in the movie but the filmmakers decided to capitalise on the political commentary by making Dick Jones the arch villain pulling the strings. Well, a lot of it was yeah. uh, based on, uh, as it was like during the Reagan administration or just after yeah. Reagan anyway. Uh, it was obviously sort of quite anti-corp, how Reaganomics and how there was a lot of controversy on how like he handled the economy, um, like trickle-down economics, which is give or take doesn't really work. And it was like, yeah, much in, as the Verhoeven sort of shit, it's sort of like, hey, you know what? People in power suck. <laughs> like that's a <laughs> general thing, all these films. <laughs> Um, I'm just reading here yeah. as well. Look, most of this fucking trivia seems to be about Clarence Bodica. Apparently, his wife was in the film, Kurtwood Smith's wife. You know the, um, you know Dick Jones' secretary Barbara that he's like flirting with at the start, oh, like, yeah, halfway through yeah. the film. Can you uh, fit me in later? That's actually his wife. It's such a slime ball. <laughs> it's so good how he. Did. It's so just like no shame or just like any. It's like when he's sort of like when he's talking to the big boss man. And he starts walking out, and it's like, oh, that's a shame. New city, new crime, new, like, prostitute rings, gambling, drugs. And he starts walking backwards, like, ah, you know what? Yeah, I can be your guy. I can be your guy. Like, man, you're so good at being a slime ball. Yeah, no, no, great. no. To be fair, look, I think if there's one favourite actor for me in this fucking film, man, it's Kurtwood Smith. Clarence Bodica was, like, the perfect fucking 80s villain. His, his delivery, honestly, made, he made me laugh so many times, at, even though he's such a scum in the movie. And just, I think that's that goes to his acting chops and his, his delivery, really, is how much he, he can make you want to hate him. But his some, his delivery of some lines, even though they t- uh, are supposed to be menacing, they just make you laugh. Like at the beginning, when the, when that truck and Murphy and Anna are behind him, you know, about to shoot them up. And he says, can you fly, Bobby? And he just oh, throws yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when he's he goes to that corporate guy's house to about to, before he blows it up, he sees the two whores in there <laughs> and he goes, leave, bitches. <laughs> yeah. that, no, just, leave, bi- no, bitches leave. That's that what was it, yeah. Leave. It's so funny the way he just delivers it because it's so dry. And supposed to be malicious, but it just made me laugh. Like, oh, this is just really funny. It's other bits like that as well. Like when they kill Murphy, like and like he's just there with a the shotgun. And he's just going like, 
you don't like me and I don't like you. And he's just like, before he blows his hand off and shit. It's just, just everything about his character is fucking brilliant, man. I think you can tell he enjoyed it. Yeah. Like with the with the bitches leave scene, I'm just looking at the thing about the scene. I'll have to check later. I swear he doesn't say anything. Goes bitches leave, shoots some legs a few times, and just puts a CD in. And just he doesn't say anything. And because he doesn't say anything at all, it's so much more like just no fucks given. Like I'm doing this for fucking business. I'm just I don't give a fuck. Like he's not. That scene was fucking tense though, because the bit with the grenade. You know when he pulls the pin out and it's like places it down. He doesn't say anything. He just just... he puts a CD in. Of course, it's all pre-recorded. But like it's still just like damn, he would have said the news. <laughs> calmly, yeah. calmly walks away, closes the door yeah. of the so slowly Close walks door, out yeah. slowly and then boom, it's like... very considerate that literally... the girls leave before he did that. Like that's very nice it's... of him. I think also this general design, obviously we said it's Cyberpunk, it's eighties. The building for the OCP headquarters, I know it's a real building, but only the bottom half is. Uh, it's in America somewhere. The Robocop design, the giant elevators in the building, it says this super huge fucking building. Mm. Um, the design of the car as well, the uh, 6000 SUX. Apparently, there was a lot of um, they used the corporate scenes a lot to describe how you've got these corporate rich big wig CEOs in these like corporate urinal toilets above the city and it goes back down to the streets. And that was used to exemplify like super rich, super poor crime and how like these people just. I don't know, just essentially bleeding the city dry for corporate Yeah, gain. effectively, it just drives home the kind of the Poor wealth gap man. between rich and poor. And like you say, it's, the... it's it's almost like we could start literally doing like a dystopian cyberpunk setting for a movie checklist of all the things that are there, yeah. you know, evil corporations, you know, yeah, healthcare is horrendous, you know, the wealth gap is massive. When Cyberpunk 2077 got announced, there was this tweet that got pretty popular because someone was like, wow, like, you know, this is disgusting, it's sexist, it's like about the rich people, it's rich and poor, and how was that? And this person was going to play it, everyone was like, yeah, yeah, mate, that's the cyberpunk genre, that's literally what yeah, this is. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, but it just shows how much actual influence cinema has actually had on video games over the years, like, you know? I mean, a fucking, the, the first game that comes to mind that I can think of that is literally, like, not even taking inspiration, like, is literally like a fucking direct one-to-one for, like, their character arc. I don't know if you guys have played uh, Deus Ex at all, Human Revolution. Yeah, I need to. Yeah, yeah. well, the, the the main guy, Adam Jensen, kind of starts out as like a security officer. They get invaded by this weird terrorist group. He gets killed. Like, he literally gets shot in the oh, head. You know, like, and then he gets brought back with all these mechanical augmentations. It's basically Robocop. Such a great... And then Cyberpunk as well. Cyberpunk, he gets shot in the head, and then experimental technology <laughs> brings him back. It's literally fucking all there, man. It's crazy. You know? Weirdly, uh, Prince, have you seen about the Cyberpunk update that's coming out? Which part of it? Uh, there, there's an update coming out. It's not much, but you can finally ride the Metro. The Metro, you can literally sit in it and watch the Honestly, city. Move I can't wait to... I need, it, was, it was a silly thing, really, trading that disc in, but I'm gonna, I can't wait to buy that game again and play it. From yeah. See, I'm, I'm kind it. of looking at it the other way, because for me, it's like the immersion update. It's the update I would have preferred over 2.0. Yeah, I do feel bad for you. You know what I mean? It's like, I've already played the game to death now three times. I've literally done everything there is physically able to do in the game. So, I mean, I could play the DLC again, but it's probably going to be a long time before I pick it up again, if ever, to be honest. Yeah, I'm, I'm but, uh, sure you can if on PC that if they put like a, I know there's a Robocop game now, but if they put like a Robocop skin on, on PC mod and something and his car, oh, yeah. you could probably recreate some scenes from Robocop in Cyberpunk. Oh yeah, for that, sure. That'd be so cool How to is see. A... 
I've been playing Rogue City, to be fair, because I'm reviewing it for yeah. Game Hype at the moment. It's actually really good. Um, Gameplay-wise, it's very limited in scope, I'm not going to lie. It does kind of play like a very... Imagine they made like a movie tie-in game for like a PS3. Like it's that. like <laughs> Linear Mission 1, Linear Mission 2, very yeah. small hub world with a small... You know, like a very small area you can explore and a couple of side quests and then next mm. big mission, next big mission. Oh, another area you can explore. It's very linear. It sounds like well, Robocop. I love yeah. like he came back to voice Robocop for the game. I love that. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. Should... to be fair. Yeah, Peter Weller should come back. Tickets, yeah, it's him, love. yeah. Oh, wow. That is cool. And to be fair, to to the credit of Taeon, I think is the, the name of the guys that directed it, they have, you can tell they're fans of the movie. There's yeah. so I many fucking nods and, you know, nods of the heads and pastiches or whatever you want to call them. The, and the car is the garage. The the back bumper scrapes on the um on the bottom. Yeah, yeah literally, just even yeah. the small details yeah. like that, man. It's crazy. I think they got cool. most of the cast back. Even the fucking, you know, the Sarge, black fellow yeah, with the mustache. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. They even got him back. It's I mean, and Lewis as no. well. I think the events of the game are canon as well. That take place between Robocop yeah, two and three. Two. Yeah, it's because I don't know if three is considered. I don't even know at this point. I think it is, even, but yeah. It's, it's, no, I don't think they'll do anything to continue that story. If they do it, they'll re-re-reboot it. Right, so what are we thinking then? I think we've we've kind of covered this in depth, to be fair. You know, Brandon gave it a 7.5. Um, he's wrong. He's obviously had to pop off just because he volunteers on a Sunday. But So what are we thinking? I think for myself, I'm probably edging more towards a 9. There's very little with this film that is wrong, in my opinion. I think some of the special effects, like some of the stop-motion stuff, doesn't hold up as well as... Rob Bottin's other work. I don't even know if it was Rob Bottin in charge of doing the stop motion stuff, but any of the practical effects are still fucking amazing. Caleb, I can already see him grimacing that I'm going to mention the thing, but yeah, yeah, yeah it, just his work is spectacular. So for me, yeah, it's probably a solid nine out of ten, no question. Vince, what are you thinking? I like how you want to go last there, but I think what, yeah. what you said before and bringing it full circle with the game as well and the. And the fanfare that it has, I think it's such a beloved little franchise. And if they had made anything else apart from Robocop 1, I think it still would have survived well into the future. But I'm glad there's like things to it that keeps reviving that sort of love for it. Because it is, if it wasn't made in that era, it probably wouldn't have worked. But because it's it's kind of like the right thing at the right time with, uh, for the right people. I think that's where the the name survives so long. I think it deserves it because it's it's a cool little creation they've got. I would give it for the atmosphere it has. I would also mention the music. I don't think we've talked about the music much. I think we did. Uh, we really sp- we mentioned that it was directed by um no composed by Basil Puldaris. Yeah, but not yeah. that Paul Weller comes in, into it, but if Paul Weller was in there, it'd be great. I think the the atmosphere that this movie brings is still visceral, and like Brandon said before, it's still it's, you can still you know jive with it i'd give it a solid eight eight chumps out of ten chumps yeah problem is i don't give anything 10 like i don't think anything is perfect and that's just because nothing is perfect so really 10 doesn't exist to me but uh this is (laughs) definitely the closest we'd get because uh it's just fucking great it's just so good and like wait i don't don't think we touched on it much but i felt the pacing is really good as well i don't feel at any point there's really any bit where like there is exposition but it's sort of relevant and it's not very long either. And it's sort of it, the exhibition is used. I think the exhibition you've got is like back at the corporate headquarters when they're talking, but that's used to contrast what's going straight. And I think it's also used to build what's going on at their end. The action's solid, the acting's fucking great, the soundtrack's mm-hmm. fucking uplifting, the themes and analysis promotes from like fucking life, death, corporations, owning shit, police, like all that sort of stuff. 
it just fucking get it. Be a, it's just a nine. I don't know what I could down it for, so I really should get a ten. But I, I'm trying to think Arado. what deck I don't like, but there isn't really anything, so it should be a ten. So that's but, yeah, yeah, that's two nines, seven point five, and an eight. Um, looking at Metascore, it's actually fucking. To be fair, we're pretty much on the fucking nose with the user score. The user score is universal acclaim, nine point zero out of ten. Uh, Metascore, based on 17 critical reviews. Let me see if they're actually of the time, to be fair. I don't know, they're not, they're not available, but they must be. They must be the reviews that come out at the time. Uh, 70 out of 100, so 7 out of 10. That's oh, the critic score. Critic score is two points lower than the user score, which is oh, 9 out of 10. I mean, you could look at Rotten Tomatoes as well, but we are civilised people. We use Metacritic. But yeah, that's Robocop. Uh, closing thoughts? Super good. I'll go into two at some point because yeah, I mean, you know, I'd, I'd be keen to watch the second movie. To be fair, to kind of give it a go and see what it's all about, you know. Watching but um, movie or the third? No, uh, no, no, no. I've, I've definitely seen parts of the second one. I know it's about a new drug called Nuke, but that's about it. I've never actually seen any there. of the I'll others. Well, but fantastic. Um, I prefer over Terminator. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's um, you know, that'll be one that we will probably be end up covering at some point. But yeah, that's uh, Robocop by Paul Verhoeven. That's our thoughts on it, guys. As usual, you can find us in all the places where we usually put these podcasts out. This will probably be the last one of the year now. We're probably not going to do one now until January. Other than that, yeah, uh, have we got anything else going on? Prince, what's your Redbubble store going like? It's going fine. It's going fine, thank you. I'm just trying to go back into my arts. I've got more designs, hopefully, up there by Christmas. But yeah, just life. Um, have you guys started decorating? Uh, not yet, no. Uh, it's coming though. I know it's coming. Yeah. The Mariah Carey songs have started. There's no way to avoid it now. Um, but yeah, no, there will be a link to Prince's Red Bubble store in the description for this episode. Other than that, Caleb, you got anything going on? Any side projects or Not anything? Really, nothing I'm willing to expose at the moment. I got to okay. Yeah, I've just come Caleb does love trip. exposing himself. Oh, I was about from this trip. I'm money settling. I'm gonna get through Christmas, start of the year. I'm gonna start looking at shit that I need to start working. Cool. On. Sounds good. Sounds good. It's Other than that, if you're interested in game reviews, you can find me and Caleb writing for www.gamehype.co.uk. But yeah, other than that, guys, it sounds good. We'll uh, we'll see you all soon and have a merry Christmas. And uh, yeah, that's it from us. See you later, guys. Later. Merry Christmas. Nice shooting, son. What's your name? Murphy. Oh! <laughs>